Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Wednesday, March 9th. This week's theme, Experiencing Hope in Baptism. Today's scripture reading is found in Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 42, from, yes, the Message Translation, which reads, All Israel then know this, there is no longer room for doubt. God made him Master and Messiah, this Jesus whom you killed on a cross. Cut to the quick, those who were there listening asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, brothers, so now what do we do? Peter said, Change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away, whomever, in fact, our Master God invites. He went on in this vein for a long time, urging them over and over, get out while you can, get out of this sick and stupid culture. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word, were baptized, and were signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Yes, water stories are sprinkled widely and frequently through the pages of Scripture. And that doesn't stop once we enter into the red-letter pages of the life of Christ. If anything, the faucet is opened up even more. Water everywhere, still, as we move from the Gospel accounts to the book of Acts. We'll pause to highlight three such water tales over the next few days, starting with the remarkable effusion of watery birth on the day of Pentecost as 3,000 plunge all the way into Jesus and emerge from those waters not merely new individually, but as a new people collectively, doing life together with new, deeply communal rhythms of word and sharing of table and prayer. I was one way, and now I'm completely different, and the thing that happened in between was him. Yes, now just make the pronouns plural. We were one way, and now we're completely different. And so they were, although they were just getting started. To help us get the bigger picture of the practice of baptism among the early believers, listen to how Gordon Smith in his book Evangelical, Sacramental, and Pentecostal, Why the Church Should Be All Three, summarizes its practical significance. He writes, Baptism is the rite of Christian initiation. The witness of the New Testament suggests that for the early church there was no such thing as an unbaptized Christian. And similarly, the scriptures do not seem to have any problem linking baptism directly with the experience of God's forgiveness, whether it's the call of Acts 2.38 or Paul's testimony to his own conversion when he speaks of how, when he stumbled into Damascus, struck blind by his encounter with Christ, Ananias says to him, get up, be baptized, and have your sins washed away, calling on his name. It's Acts 22 and verse 16. And Peter can simply and forthrightly speak of baptism as that which now saves you, 1 Peter 3.21. From a sacramental perspective, to speak in such a manner is not a problem, for to participate in the symbol is to participate in that which is symbolized. Just as Jesus can speak of the bread, this is my body, 
So we can speak of the waters of baptism as that by which we know the forgiveness of sins and are brought into fellowship with Christ and with his church. We are incorporated into a new order of life. Our identity, our family, our way of being, all change. Smith goes on to posit that we can fully affirm the sacramental character of the grace of God, but not assume that there is a causal link, or at least affirm that the link is more subtle. In other words, though we're not saying getting wet in a baptistry is getting your ticket punched for heaven, there is yet a subtle and nuanced connection. As Wimber observes, something happens in that water and in that eating of the bread and drinking of the wine. What happens there will be as evident as it was in those first 3,000 on that Pentecost Sunday. They were one way, and then they were completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him as they passed through the waters of baptism. So listen carefully and prayerfully to this second reading of today's text. What do you see? What pops out to you as you hear this text a second time? What question is stirred and what nudge are you sensing? Cut to the quick, those who were listening asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, brothers, so now what do we do? Peter said, Change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away, whomever, in fact, our Master God invites. He went on in this vein for a long time, urging them over and over, get out while you can, get out of this sick and stupid culture. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word, were baptized and were signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal and the prayers. So how would you explain the connection between baptism and a changed life? Has baptism been a two-dimensional picture of a greater reality for you, or has it been a bit more 3D than that? Whether baptized or not, how has your life changed since you met Jesus? Breath of Heaven, hover over these chaotic waters of my life. And as I emerge from the baptismal waters of this moment, bring forth your new creation in me, a creation of faith, a creation of love, a creation of hope, a hope that though we wait long, will never disappoint. To your spirit in, with, and upon us. Amen.